episode is sponsored by Millibooks. Search for author Erica Deary in your favorite online bookstore. Hi everyone, welcome to the Bilingual Book Club. This is a space for parents, carers, and teachers to discover bilingual books. And for those of you who don't know me, I am Erica Deary and I'm an author and illustrator and I've created the Millie Book Series, which is a series of bilingual books who follow Millie and her friend, Mr. Raccoon, in exciting adventures. And in those books, your kids can learn lots of vocabulary and lots of really cool stuff. And in this episode, I wanted to talk to you about what bilingual books are and why are they becoming so popular. So let's get started. So what are bilingual books? Bilingual books are literary works that have text in two languages. So for example, like mine, English and Spanish. And these books, they don't have to be just children's books or picture books. They can be uh, chapter books, they can be novels, they can be, um, I mean, even the Bible, there are Bibles that are um, bilingual. And they could be fiction or they could be not fiction and they could be of any subject. Sometimes the text can be shown in parallel. So it could be in two columns or it could be maybe one language has one font and the other language has a different font or a different color or they could be one page, one language, one page, the other language. There's no right or wrong way to do it as long as the reader can actually understand and can actually follow the, the one language that they're reading. Now you might be thinking that bilingual books are something that is really new, but they're actually not new. According to Libros Bilingües y Multilingües, Historia y Usos, which is a book published by the Universidad de las Americas in Puebla, there is evidence that bilingual books started long, long time ago. So they found uh, translations in the Library of Alexandria in Egypt, as I said, a long time ago, uh, of books that back then they needed to be translated because as that city was becoming very populated and had a lot of immigration, people there spoke different languages and they needed to read and get their information in different languages. So the languages they found were Egyptian, Greek, and Babylonian. That's very interesting, isn't it? During the Renaissance, bilingual books were used to educate people and to teach them the knowledge that was happening at the time. So a lot of these books were uh, translated between Greek and Latin to teach uh, people in their local languages. And in Mexico, and I can imagine other colonized countries, bilingual books were used by um, the priests to evangelize people and to convert them into Catholicism. So the early settlers, what they did very first, they actually translated the alphabet in Spanish, as we know. So they translated it to Nahuatl or to the local languages so they could understand what the sounds meant, which would have been a mammoth task because not all alphabets are made the same, but at least this was a way for people to be able to understand another language 
um, in a way that was written and not necessarily just trying to remember what was said. Now, I've noticed in different Facebook groups, in different author Facebook groups, and even with parents, sometimes there's a little bit of a confusion between a bilingual book and a translated book. So a bilingual book, you would have the text in the same book, in the same object that you purchase, and you would have the story in the two languages in the same book. Whereas a translation would, you would basically have to buy two books, one in English, for example, and then one in Spanish. And a translation usually happened or way before uh, we could self-publish a work, um, publishers would get the rights for a book in one language and then they would um, go to a book fair and sell the rights to that book in say Spanish so that the publisher that wrote books in Spanish could distribute it in the countries where they actually know the market. So that's why there's a lot of translations and I think that is a really good thing. Translating a book is not an easy task and as I said a lot of the bilingual books from way, way long, they were actually based on religious writings and on the Bible because that was one of the first books that um, was printed and distributed all around the world. And there were a lot of people who were translating this particular book um, word by word. But that did not really make sense. And it was not until Saint Jerome, who is the patron of the translators, could you believe it? He actually said, well, it doesn't make much sense to translate word by word because sometimes the idea can lose the meaning. How about we translate this book um, using the idea that the sentence wants to say? And after he translated it, um, the people were more able to understand the Bible and they were able to um, read it in a way that made more sense. And this is what translators do today. Translators don't just translate word for word. They need to make sure that they translate the idea and that that idea makes sense in that country or in that culture. So for example, when I translate my books, sometimes I write them in Spanish and then I translate them in English. But I found, for example, the last one, which is called Millie and the Lost Colors, I wrote it in English and for me to translate it into Spanish it took a little bit a little bit more of an extra effort because I just needed to have that same rhythm that the book had. So I hope I achieved that. Um, and another example is sometimes even when you speak the same language, um, so for example in Spanish, we have sayings in Mexico that they don't say in Colombia or they don't say in Chile or they don't say in other um, countries and it's really easy for you as an author to just go and type whatever they say in your country. So <laughs> to give you an example, in one of my books, uh, Millie is riding on a swing and in Spanish she said, hey, que padre, quiero ir más alto. But in other Latin American countries, they don't say que padre, they say que chévere, or they say que chimba, or they say other words. Now, I think this day and age, we can understand each other, but I can understand that when you wanted the book to be a particular type of Spanish, it would have been a lot harder. But 
nowadays I think we can understand and we're a little bit more open to reading a book in different types of Spanish. So it doesn't have to be just Spanish from Spain, which is Castilian Spanish. It can be Latin American Spanish. And I think we're more open to reading books in different languages. So I hope this clarifies what bilingual books are. And now that we talked a little bit about the history and the background of bilingual books, I just wanted to share with you a few ways that you can use bilingual books um, to teach your child a target language, whether you live in a country where they speak a different language to yours, or maybe as an adult, you can use them to learn a language. So for example, when you are a parent and maybe you your partner speaks a different language, you can use bilingual books to read the same story in the different languages. And what this is going to do is going to actually help your child get that vocabulary um, for that particular story, related to that particular story. Um, there are books that are there and they are very real, I'm going to call them. And they talk about things that are, you know, the kindergarten or a new sibling or something like that. And there are books like mine, for example, they are very magical and adventurous and they will put children in their imagination in situations where they will never be. So, or maybe one day, right? So in my, in my books, um, the main characters, they go to space, they go under the ocean, they fly a plane, they fly a hot air balloon through different cities and they go on, on these magical adventures that uh, maybe a primary school kid or a three-year-old kid is not going to do, but that is going to help them expose to language that they don't necessarily acquire in their everyday life. Um, or maybe a child that can read a book about the ocean and they're interested in the ocean, but they don't live where nearby an aquarium or they can't afford to go to an aquarium. These books are a really good opportunity to give kids that exposure of the world around them and of the world that is bigger than the world that they're just experiencing in their everyday life. So it helps them with that vocabulary. Um, both books have different ways of helping kids and, but yeah, definitely bilingual books will certainly help the, their vocabulary. For older kids that are re learning to read, I think it's really good when, if one child is stronger at reading in English and when they're starting to read in Spanish, they can understand, if they don't understand one word, they can just go straight away and see how do you say that particular word in the other language. Now, for grown-ups, I have had people who are adults who buy my children's books uh, because they want to learn Spanish and they want to learn a bit more vocabulary. So this is really good because if they read the book in, in the language they're trying to learn, again, they can consult at the same time in the other text what that word meant or how do you say a, a whole sentence or a whole phrase about a particular subject. And because children's books have a lot of illustrations, it can also be a good, fun way to learn um, another language. And they can also help you because you have that visual of what that means and what context you can use it. So that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
And if you would like to more about bilingual books or listen to uh, me talking to other authors of bilingual children's books, please subscribe and see you next time. Bye for now.